Fallen Angels and Chaos Monsters. Stoke white hot the blasted fires of Hades. Loose the Leviathan from its strained bonds. And I came here to drink milk and torment the damned. And I'm all out of milk. Because it's time to talk tall to me. <laughs> Nick, you're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Owen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are the Feckless Moans. And this, my little imps and devils, is talk told to me. A cursed cruising through the sulfury underworld of Prague Rock, in which Naberius Nick and Oriax Omen will perform sacrifices of bad jokes at the festering altars of each and every cleft-footed track that wrathful rock band Jethro Tull have ever unleashed upon the innocents. We will, with great difficulty, dance the dervish of Dan de Leon for David Pegg, pour out a pint of burning pitch for the proofless Perry Comadone, and barter with Beelzebub himself for the very soul of Martin Lancelot Barr. And if we draw with a steady hand our salamander seals, we may be able to hold off that Lucifer of the Lyrican, the flute-tooting tempter, the furry fury, the iniquitous instrumentalist, the rod of correction who gives me an erection, Ian, imitator of miracles, Anderson. Did you say Dandelion? Way in the beginning? Yeah, that's the name of a demon. Really? Maybe it's Dandelion. Oh. It's not dandelion. <laughs> that's, the, that's immediately what I thought of. <laughs> the cutest little demon. Ooh. Uh, wow. Fun demon names. Thank you. Very nice. I went down, not as far as I would have liked, the rabbit hole of demonology in researching mm. this triptych. And wow, people love to name and categorize demons. What category is dandelion from? Do you know? You know, it's dandelion. Oh, slightly disappointing there's a whole classification of demons that were useful demons to summon mm, sure of course so in the Gotia by S.L. McGregor Mathers in 1904 he writes the 71st spirit is Dantelion he is a duke great and mighty appearing of the form of a man with many countenances all men's and women's faces he hath a book in his right hand his office is to teach all arts and sciences unto any and to declare the secret counsel of anyone, for he knows the thoughts of all men and women and can change them at his will. You know, it's sort of like if you think of, um, as I'm sure you often do, Faust, mm -hmm. Dr. Faustus, the conjuring of a demon to do your will. There was a whole list. There's a book you can get where it has a whole list of useful demons and how to conjure them. So Dandelion is a math teacher who likes to gossip is what I'm getting out of that. Yes, with the countenance of every person. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. Dalliance demons to me. Do you remember when we did a, a trailer for We've Got a God for that? Yes, I do remember that. We could very easily, with all of that fodder, do a We've Got a Demon for that. Oh, you didn't like I've Got a God for that? Well, now we've got a demon for that. Insert heavy metal here. 
Insert heavy metal here. Mm. Nick, on the first date? What is the song about which we have the satanic pleasure of talking tall about this very fine day? We are talking track number two off of Catfish Rising, 1991's Catfish Rising. What album number is Catfish? It is... I'm going 18 or 19. It's 18. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Album number 18, 1991, Catfish Rising. This is track number two, Occasional Demons. Occasional Demons. Let's have a listen. Chugga, 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 chugga. Let us pray to save our souls from those occasional demons. I was baptized with Mountain Dew. (laughs) The dust of Dorito and the cross (laughs) on your forehead like ashes. (laughs) Take of this Dorito for it is my body. (laughs) Drink of this Baja Blast for it is my blood. (laughs) Forgive me, bro, for I have sinned. (laughs) Nick, that is occasional demons. That it was folks fairly quick little number uh, coming in at just uh, three minutes 48 yep not too bad i believe last week was just over four so not too much of a variation here and in four four time all the way through i was able to count it so it was four four <laughs> one of my favorite things about the classification of demons is that there are different scales in 1509 Agrippa Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa proposed a numerical scale of demon classification okay you have the scale of unity which says there is one demon and it is Lucifer you have the scale of binary which is there are two chiefs of the devils behemoth and leviathan and everything is all under that and you have the scale of tertiary the three furies and it just keeps going, going. So there's all these different ways you can break up the demons all the way up to nine. Anyway. It's kind of cool. Oh. Yeah, I think it's like a bit autistic. They liked order and they liked to back order things of like, well, this would be really cool if this worked. Let's make it work. Yeah. We need one more demon. Can you come mm. up with one? We'll invent one. Larry. But it is interesting. Why is humanity, because demons and these kind of evil sprites exist in pretty much every culture, Mm -hmm. why do we need them in our cosmology? To be afraid of things. Like the Selkie. Yeah. To scare people into doing things. Even if it's as simple as you're going to hell when you die and this demon is going to live inside of your flesh... And bring his favorite salt rub. Is it also part of the human tendency to think binarily about good and evil? Say for every good thing, there must be a correspondent evil thing? Yes. Symmetry, dichotomy, absolutely, yeah. Interesting to think about, you know, like people saying, oh, there's been a miracle, but wait a minute. Was it a real miracle from God? 
Or was it an imitation miracle from Satan? Satan gets something out of it by doing it, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, he... Street cred, mostly. Street cred, yeah. He keeps his AARP membership active by doing at least one false miracle every six months. Yeah, okay. I think he's getting scammed because I think AARP is free, so... Don't don't tell the devil. (laughs) Let's talk music of this song. So we we established it's in 4-4. Sure is. What are some of the prime elements? What is the scale of unification of this song? If you could break it into one element, what is it? Let's see. The thing that stuck out the most that what is the backbone of this song? Yeah. I would say that it is Martin's funky ass electric, the picks, the stings. He steps forward and he presents us with some badassery and then he falls back and lets everybody else take a turn. But he's always there. Interesting. He's always there. Yeah. He's the prince of funk. Prince of funk. Nope. I think that one's probably taken. I think James Brown, right? Wasn't he the prince of funk? I thought he was the, I thought he was the, the queen of badness. Or the duke of, the duke of foot moves. <laughs> Footmoves is dancing, isn't that? The Duke of Dancing probably would have been a lot better than <laughs> the Duke of Footmoves. <laughs> the Prince of Podiatry. There you go. Yes. Yeah, that's it. If we were to break into two things, I would say that this song is really about the juxtaposition between the more folky elements and the more industrial sounds. Hmm. I love... The very first sound that we hear is that riff that continues through the whole song. We have that doubled on the mandolin and the electric guitar. There's mandolin in this song? Girl. There sure is. Give me two seconds. That's an electric guitar and a picked. Is that a mandolin? Yes. Wow. It could be a mandola, but it's one of those double stringed instruments, I believe. Wow. Yeah. They're so in unison. It's very difficult to pull out. And it creates that unique sound, which simultaneously feels very modern and a little bit like ancient. Like this is the modern expression of something that's been around for a long time. Just that phrase, just that first phrase in the song is that the embodiment of both the folk and the industrial that you were talking about? I think so. Okay, interesting, yeah. We have tambourine coming in very quickly after that. Whether that's Doan or Ian, as Ian is wants to tambo. Very good, very frantic, heavy tambo throughout a lot of the song. I think it drops away but even if Tambo is Doan, the rest of his drumming is really solid in this. I yes. love Doan's drumming. It's very good. You know, it's funny that you kind of latched onto that. I was really listening to Dave Pegg. Also the bass. Goodness me, yes. It is mm-hmm. so 
playful and so fluid. It really seems like he's developed his style of playing a little bit from the last album. And I love it. I wrote down that his bass could wipe its butt on my hand towel and I would thank it. That's very specific. <laughs> that's that's disturbingly specific. It just like it's so smooth and so dirty at the same time. It's so wrong and so char- charismatic. So right. It's <laughs> I think it's a, what you just said about the advance or the evolution of Peggy's bass between the last album and this album. I think that really kind of ties in with that idea of the folk versus the industrial. Thinking about Rock Island's bass, it it was kind of a folky bass. Even though it was Peggy's bass, it was a folky-feeling bass, whereas this is straight up, like, this is rock and roll bass. So funky. And there's a lot more fluidity in this style of playing, I think. Mm. Yeah. Whether that was a directive from Ian or whether that was an evolution of how... Peggy was feeling. Right. Maybe he heard how Matt did This Is Not Love. You know? and was like, oh shit, I got to step it up. Maybe so. In terms of vocal quality, this is hands down my favorite era of Ian's voice. I love it. I just love it so much. The swagger. It has a swagger. Yes, it is pimp walking all over my heart. It sure is, yeah. All over the place. The occasional demons too. Occasional demons too. And there's at the very end of the first verse, on the the second time he says occasional demons to, you can hear the smile in his voice. Ah, He is smiling when he sings that line. It's there. It seems like he's having fun. Yeah, it's real good. There's something a little bit tongue-in-cheek with the delivery. And we talked about this with... This is not love. The sense of like, Mm. it's not just I'm describing a bad situation where I'm unhappy. It's I'm describing a bad situation where everyone is unhappy. But I mean, it also has this feeling of Ian being the demon, you know, the demon reveling in this nastiness and just, oh, yeah, we're all going to burn and it's great. Let's do it. What's that meme of Skeletor from He-Man? That's like, but I don't want to be good. I want to be evil. (laughs) I'm not sure I've actually seen that one. But, you know, sometimes being bad feels good. Have you ever seen He-Man before? That's like pretty close to Skeletor's voice, actually. I just, I based it on the image. I interpreted it. It worked. It worked. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is one of those moments where it's the devil on the shoulder being like, yeah, you want to do this. Let's do it. We're going for this. And that's why I like listening to this song. It makes me feel vicariously bad good. Yeah, right, right. I don't have to do anything. I just have to listen to the song and then it's okay. I sin inside. I sin side. (laughs) Not (laughs) south side. (laughs) (sighs) Here on the sin side, south side, sasars say. Yeah, there we go. At 152, we have a brilliant little flute solo. We sure do. The sauce on that. (laughs) 
the voice back there is really, yeah. really solid. That's a great little, quick little breakdown. Bass, Peggy's awesome in that. Then we get a little drum fill of Doan that leads into Martin's stings. And it kind of wraps up there and kind of goes back to our main thesis yep. of the sound. What a great little accompaniment to just everybody, like boop, 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 real yeah. quick. And not protracted, like you mentioned. No, yeah. There's something restrained about it in a way. It's almost like, yeah, we know you want more, but you're not going to get it. It was the OSHA mandated solos for everybody, yes, but exactly. just, they just made it. They <laughs> just made the time frame, yeah. When Ian sings Smokestacks Belching Black, We're the Have Nots in Your Shade, he follows it up with a, yeah. Yeah, we're well beyond vocal Ejax, but now it's just a grungy, like, feeling it in the moment as opposed to, I can't control myself. It's less of a vocal Ejax and more of a vocal Ajax. Could be, yeah. It's a vocal Asmodeus. Wait, was Ajax a demon? No. I'm mixing no, metaphors, I'm sorry. You are. You are. Ajax was Achilles' friend and also a cleaning product. <laughs> yeah, and also a big dummy. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He was like the big straight-ahead warrior. And when Achilles died, there's this brilliant scene where it's traditional for the like for somebody to get the fallen warrior's armor and sword. Mm -hmm. And so all the Greeks are sitting around with his sword and shield there, and Ajax lays claim to it, and Odysseus also lays claim to it. Oh, drama. And they're like, well, now we have to have a classic Greek-style debate. Everyone take off your clothes. <laughs> Oil yourselves up. Come on. Yeah. Don't be shy. And so Ajax is like, I'm the best warrior. I'm the biggest. I'm the strongest. I've killed the most Trojans. Here's how I'm going to prove that Achilles is my best friend. We were always seen together, blah, 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 blah. And where was Odysseus when this was happening? Where was Odysseus when we were doing this? Where was he? He's never around. He finally finishes and Odysseus stands up. It's one of my favorite lines from all classical literature. He says, let it be not held against my opponent that he is an idiot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. If only someone would say that in the presidential debates. I know. I know. I've been waiting my whole life to pull out that line in real life. Yeah. Anyway. You need to get into debate. We've got another fade out at the end. Just kind of rolls and continues and, and slows down and, and gets quiet. And yeah, short and sweet to the point. That it is. I mean, it's not that short. It's a standard length for a song. We don't have that many. You tell yourself whatever you need, Nick. <laughs> it's, it's average, right? It's average. Isn't, isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah. That being said, I mean. Tall-wise, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything much shorter. I know we've got some here and there. Slipstream comes to mind. You know, it's the, there are some really short little snippets. But, I mean, this is on the shorter side, if not just a little average. It's compact. Yeah. It's tight. It's a tight three and a half minutes, that's yeah. for sure. As much as it is relaxed and fun, it is not indulgent right they've got a lot to say and they got to get it out there it knows exactly what needs to happen and it does it effectively there's also and you know we're kind of bridging the gap a little bit into into lyrics but there's something about the scansion of this song the way that the 
that the verses are constructed that is mm -hmm. a little different from a lot of things that we've had in the past. You know, if you look at Big Griffin Mando, the rhythms are a bit complex and very staccato. Big riff, rough boy wants to be the singer in a band. Mm. Little slow in the brain box, but he's got a quick right hand. Big riff, rough boy wants to be a singer in a band. A little slow in the brain box, but he had a quick right hand. This is a little bit more lugubrious. Live out of sad shacks at the back of town. Yeah. Hold your breath while we do you down. Live out of sad shacks at the back of town. Hold your breath while we do you down. It's a little bit more American. Drawly almost. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Codfish Rising. Codfish Rising. Cod Blues, is that what they called it? I think so. Review? I yeah. think so. So funny. Welcome to the middle part of our show, the creamy nougat at the center of the podcast. Delicious. You know, across the pond, they pronounce it nougat. No, they do. Nougat. Nougat. Yeah. Nougat. Sounds like a slur. <sighs> They'll call us that when we go over. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a dainty little drop here from Darren on Instagram. Oh, Insta. Darren says, hey, Momes, I've not been in contact for a while, but have just been going through your crest episodes, dug out my tour program from 1987, the first time I saw them. Oh, wow. And saw this quote from Ian talking about going solo. Thought you might find it interesting. Very much do find it interesting. What is the quote? The quote is, I can only imagine me doing that in the context of a group. Hmm. In that group, there would at least have to be Martin. Hmm. If he, for whatever reason, was no longer in the group, then that would be the end of Jethro Tull. To use another guitarist after all this time would be like getting divorced and then marrying again the next day. No, Tull wouldn't carry on. Yeah, I've seen various versions of that quote in different places. Yeah. And yet... Opinions can change. You know, I'm not like, well, Ian, you said this in 1987, so... Right. So you better pay Martin all these last 13 years or whatever. Alimony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they got divorced and Tull is their baby. It's just very interesting. It's very, very interesting. And, if, and of course, like, in 1987, when Crest was going on, they're well into being the full band still at the time. Yeah, kind of the classical period. Personnel has changed. Yeah. Right. Well, and after Dot Com and after the Christmas album, when that change happened, Ian did say, I'm shutting down Jethro Tull. Like, there is no more Jethro Tull. It is Ian Anderson playing the works of Jethro Tull. And it's really only been recently that he's changed tack on that. And it could be, you know, I've seen people say maybe it is more of a matter of convenience knowing that if I release this album as Ian Anderson, X number of people will buy it. And if I release it as Jethro Tull, X times 20 num numbers of people will buy it. Right. And, and who knows, you know? Who knows where those decisions came from? And you obviously can't say, well, Martin can release music as Jethro Tull and Ian can release music as Jethro Tull. Like, that just would not work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, Martin's solo stuff sounds drastically different. Of course. He's a very different musician. Yeah. That's all, you know? 
Darren, thank you for pulling it out for us. And yeah, really great to, to hear from you. Great to hear about the ephemera from concerts past. Yeah, always fascinating. And thank you so much for being one of our Instagram viewers. And that followers, I think they're called followers, Omen. Thank you for being one of our Instagram flowers. He also sent me a, like a video of him like flipping through the book. It's massive. It's like the size of a vinyl. It's better produced than vinyl inserts. Like it's glossy paper. It's a really gorgeous program because it was such a special tour. Yeah. Maybe on their hundredth celebrating a hundred years of Jethro Tull, it'll be it'll be really nice. It'll be ceramics. <sighs> Clay plates like the Ten Commandments. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nick, hello. I am excited to dive into El Lyrics of Occasional Demons. Yes. We start out with a very banal velvet mondegreen for me. Is it a bear? Is he shaking his hair? Is it velvet mondegreen? Right on the first line. Oh, interesting. We've got, well, you got a big jib crane waiting to pick you up. I always heard it as a big jet plane. Well, you got a big jet crane waiting to pick you up. Oh, that works too. Which also kind of works, yeah. Yeah. You see those snakes that crawl there just dying to trip you up. Live out of sad shacks at the back of town. Hold your breath while we do you down. Mm, you see those snakes that crawl Already, we have some antitheses. We have height and lowness. We have big jib crane mm. picking you up, and we have the lowness of the snakes that crawl, trying to bring you down. That's also, you know, in hold your breath while we do you down. Mm -hmm. Of course, doing down is, is like doing someone dirty. Yeah. Or taking them down. Possibly they're just dying to trip you up, and the next line is live out in sad shacks. Living and dying, absolutely. Yeah. And then sad shacks at the back of town, implying the front of town. And even if you look at the next verse, well, you've got a nice apartment with appliances and TV. Appliances and CD. Wow, I always heard TV. Well, you've got a nice apartment with appliances and you know, this idea of like, you've got the sad shacks, and then you've got the nice apartment. Yeah. Already we're laying out a bunch of contrasts. Yeah. And what sort of image starts to form for you? I get a, a little Aqualung action going on here, actually. If Aqualung took matters into his own hands. Right, yeah. Right, Aqualung is more of a passive observer of the world. Yeah. Observing and being observed. These are participants mm -hmm. in some sort of... Shady dealings? Yeah, redistribution of wealth. It's your standard Robin Hood story. I mean, really. They're robbing you in the hood for certain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea of we're all kinds of animals is we are beneath your feet. You look down on us. You don't see us as humans. And then when we do something real bad that affects you and you notice us, that's when we're demons. I think you're really on to something. I want to take it maybe a little. I want to push it off the bridge. Do it. It deserves it. <laughs> Watch it break the ice. 
if an animal attacks you, it's out of necessity. Mm-hmm. It's because you frightened it or it needs food or it feels in danger. Animals do bad things to people, bad, quote unquote, bad things to people out of instinct and necessity. Right. There's no malice. Demons do it out of pleasure. Mm, nice. So we're all kinds of animals. If you come into the wrong part of town, there's all kinds of animals here who are going to jump you because they want your wallet and because they need it to survive. Yep. Some of them just want to watch you squeal. Yeah. And that is, we're going to leave your stereo, but we'll have your soul for tea. We're going to leave your stereo, but we'll have your soul for tea. I love that line. That is actually the line that sticks out for me from this song more than any other. Yeah. Okay, if the image that we start with is this idea of rough side of town criminals. You could imagine Liverpool before it kind of got sanitized, or you could imagine Oswego, New York now. Actually, they're really trying to fix it up. Oh. They've made some improvements. Oh. Yeah. Now it's just a cesspool. Yes. Right. But maybe on the other side, there is evil of another kind. Maybe we go to the nice side of town and we see evil in the form of white collar people. Who are the people who are going to come into your life and be like, hey, I don't care about your stereo, but I'm going to corrupt the shit out of you morally. Yeah. That's interesting as well. The devil in a suit. Right. Well, I'm not speaking of material things going to chew you up, going to suck you in because we're all kinds of animals coming here. Well, I'm not speaking of material things. Because we're all kinds of animals coming here. We're all kinds of animals. We are all kinds. You are. I am. We are. This group is, no matter what side of town, we are all kinds. And occasional demons, too. And occasional demons, yeah. So there is some semblance of, not camaraderie necessarily, but like, we're all in the same boat in one form or another. We're all doing what we need to do to survive, and then sometimes we take a little pleasure out of it. There's a similarity to this is not love. This idea that the vibe of occasional demons could be misinterpreted as cynical. Mm. Oh, yeah. Everywhere you go, there's bad people. People are animals. Some of them are even worse. But I think it's what you pointed out is the key to unlocking the positive side of it, actually, is like, oh, yeah. We over here are all animals, so you better watch out. But also, you yourself are an animal. Yeah. And maybe you think that because you have a nice apartment and you have resources, maybe you think that you are separate from a life of brutish, underhanded dealings. But actually, maybe you're even worse. Right. It just manifests in a different way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're still screwing people over by... By not giving them a mortgage or by, by insider trading. Selling them bum life insurance. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By giving them a loan when they don't really qualify for one so you can make mm-hmm. a profit. By releasing a self-driving car technology before it's fully tested and safe. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. random examples I'm pulling out of my imagination. Scooping up a really popular company and then driving it directly into the ground. For instance. Out, slowing down. Yeah, just yeah. an idea. Being an anti-Semite. Oh, um, that, you know, there's lots of know. ways that we could be bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and that is something that I find that, like, I think is fun about this album is, like, look at the beautiful diversity of sin. Right. Relishing in that. Again, relishing, enjoying that. And that, I think, is also part of the, going back to compendiums of demons, there are so many books. There are 666, (gasps) the Testament of Solomon, the Lantern of Light, the De Operatione De Manun. There are all these works that are like, classifying all these demons and classifying all these forms of evil there's something fun about it i think that's why people do it it's pokemon i mean ultimately you got it you got to collect them all (laughs) yeah maybe maybe i'm into something pope pius the popemon popemon oh my gosh i was going for pope benedict the grass style trainer he's got bulbasaur that shoots out the wafers the communion wafers. The power of Pikachu compels you! <laughs> With the third verse, we get to, I think, the root of the evil. Smokestacks belching black were the have-nots in your shade. Smokestacks belching black were the have-nots in your shade. Well, what are we talking about? Obviously, el capitalismo. Yeah. The haves and the have-nots. Were the little people... You build your factory in the shitty side of town because the rich people would be upset if you built it over there with no concern for the pollution and the effect of any matter of the people who currently live there. And despite the pitch of the industrialists, which is to say, oh, this factory is going to bring prosperity to the area. In fact, it is going to concentrate wealth in the hands of a few while monetizing the labor resources of the majority. Yeah, that sounds right to me. There's a song that I can't find, and I think it has to do with Picts. You remember the Picts? It sounds familiar. They were like the pre-Celtic people of the British Isles. They built roundhouses. A lot of fairy myths are actually thought to relate to the, the Pictish peoples. Wow, that's cool. Because they were so ancient that people were like, yeah, they're they're like totally different than us. Yeah. There's a song, and I think it's like an SCA LARPers song. I think it's modern, but the sentiment in it is really interesting. It's about the Picts, you know, saying, oh yeah, the Celts came and destroyed us, and then the Romans came and tried to destroy what was left of us, and then the, the Saxons came, and then the Normans came, but we're still here. We're the knife at your side with a stone in your shoe you'll never rub us out completely and we'll always be here like even if you think you've completely eradicated us we're still here conspiring in the background yes we have always been slaves but you you will die of the shine then we shall dance on I don't know, it kind of feels like that a little bit, where the have-nots in your shade. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I like that. You could care less about what happens to us, but we are still here. You may forget it, but we're here, and then we're going to steal your soul. We're here. We're queer. And we're demons. And we're demons. Some of us are demons. 
occasionally. Slay! How about a slice of life? How about some human trade? The next two lines are food related as well. So we've got a little bit of like an eating motif, which kind of goes back to going to chew you up, going to suck you in. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, to consume both from a moral standpoint and also from a literal standpoint, that whether you're rich or poor, everybody has to eat. Mm -hmm. For me, how about a slice of life? Just that standalone makes me think, you know, you're in an ivory tower, you think you're separate from all this. Let me show you a little slice of what real life is like. Mm. Yeah. Human trade makes me think of all the various forms of coercive or brutal slavery, the sex trade. Trafficking, yeah. Trafficking. Trade, also in the gay community, refers to a handsome and desirable manly man. Me? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. Don't you dirty liar. No, totally. What would I be? What would I be? Um. Oh, look at the time. Oh, it's time to go. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Great podcast. <laughs> but also trade is like on a more general scale. It's just business, you know, human trade. You're using them as capital. Those workers are... Yes. They're the cogs in the machine. There are the human trade. They're the things that'll break down, but we'll just get another one. The commodification of labor, mm, the commodification yeah. of human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then immediately contrasted with eat at the best table in town. No head waiter going to turn us down. Eat at the best table in town. No head waiter going to turn us down. Us, it's not going to turn you down. It's going to turn us down. Right. So this narrator spans our class system here. Yeah, I think that the narrator is speaking from a place of enlightenment in a way, like I've mm. cracked the code of this social system and so I am not bound by it. Interesting, okay. I've cracked the code of morality and so I'm not, I don't have to play by the rules and so I can go and beat somebody up in the alleyway and then go to the nice restaurant and not feel bad about it. Yeah, it could also be a delusion of identifying with that group when he really doesn't belong with them. Yeah. We both do really terrible things. Come on, we got something in common, right? You know? I love that. I love that interpretation that, you know, sin is common to all of us. Badness is common to all of us. Yeah. And so, like with heavy water, if the world is corrupt, why not have a good time? That's it. We're exposed to fallout. Let's make whoopee. Emotional fallout, moral fallout. I'm morally radioactive. This song is not a straightforward morality tale. It is not a story. It is an Ouroboros imagery structure of a moral system that is like an Escher painting. You look at it one way and you think this is black and this is white. And then you look at it another way and you're like, wow, I was wrong about that. This is black and this is white. I think much like this is not love, there's a, a revelry here. But ultimately yes. what it is, is it's a snapshot of reality. Yes. Yes. Just told in a very colorful and maybe difficult to swallow way. But it's, I mean, that is a fairly common reality. Difficult to swallow, you know, unless you've worked at your 
gag reflex. One thing that I love about this album that pervades it is a sense of pragmatism. This is not love. Occasional demons, both very pragmatic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Roll your own. Very pragmatic. It's an album so far of offering perspectives and solutions that are maybe not good, but helpful in the right circumstances. They'll get you by. Yeah. I mean, catfish. Is catfish the best, most delicious, beautiful, cleanest fish? No, it is a bottom feeder. But boy, is it good when you fry it up. You can fry that in some buttermilk and mm-hmm, slap it on a biscuit. I love catfish. I'm not going to lie. Do you really? Yeah, it's, it's real good. It's real good fried. I mean, I've never had it not fried. I'm not sure you want to eat it not fried, but it's very good. I don't know if you want to eat it in general. <laughs> it carries the fry flavor very well. It's a good vehicle for that, at least. It does, yeah. I find it has an earthy taste because it eats so much mud. It also carries the mercury very well. (laughs) Mercury Rising. Yeah. Wait a minute. Mercury Rising. What am I thinking of? That's a Sting song, isn't it? Is it really? Something is. (laughs) Yeah. Fact. Something is a Sting song. You got it. You got it. We got there, Roman. Oh, I'm thinking Mercury Falling is an album by Sting. (laughs) Always coming back to Sting. Everybody take a shot. (laughs) whatever your beverage of choice imbibement kombucha gin mercury it's a great album the hounds of winter we could do a comparison of the hounds of winter and the dogs of midwinter dogs in midwinter i hung my head it was actually covered by johnny cash in one of Mm. his very final albums wow it's a beautiful 5-4 song la belle dame sans regret is in french (laughs) (laughs) And I can actually translate that. Can you? The beautiful woman without regret. This is very funky. 96, baby. I love that. There's the French sound. It's French. Mm. You can tell because it has syphilis. Yeah, great album. Anyway, Nick, anything else to say about Occasional Demons? Nothing for me. What about you? If you had to invent a new demon, if the Catholic Church was like, Nick, we need one more demon to round out our roster and we'll have a perfect set, what demon would you invent? What would it be the demon of, like the saints are saints of? Yeah, what would its purpose be? White collar crime. Capitalism. I think, yeah, I think we need, Mm, mm, mm. I'm sure there are a lot of demons that have pieces that encompass that and can tie into that. But I I think we need one. Uh, We could call it Bezos. Bezos. Bezosian. Yeah. Bezosus. Yeah. 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 I like that. What about you? What's yours? Mine would be the demon that tempts you, even though you have healthy food in your fridge that all you have to do is cook it. It's the one that's like, just order fast food. Yeah. It's your cheat day. Every day is your cheat day. You deserve it because you worked out in 2006. The demon's name is Takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
Nick. Next week is, according to Ian, not a song about the marijuana. It's Roll Your Own. Reefer, not madness. Reefer. Sanity? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, reefer sanity. Yeah, or just regular madness for me, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to kick the ganj. I'll just go insane on my own, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Until next week, Ian may not be speaking of material things, but I will. You can get material things from our Tee Public page, and those things will have Talk Told Me branding right on them. There are all kinds of animals in our Discord. You should join those animals. And to do that, you just need to jump into our Patreon. At the at least $5 a month level, you can get access to that Patreon. And if you want to be a Tall Skull Plus, it will also get you access to video podcasts of us doing this. You can look at my, my substantial beard coming in right now. Yeah, it is substantial. We'd like to chew up and suck in your stars. Five of them, if you don't mind. They will go a long way if you rate us on your pod streaming service of choice. They will allow other Tull Skulls to fall into the moam hole. Until next week, I am the have-not in your shade. I'm Nick McGill. I am having your soul for tea, Omen Thomas Sade. We are occasionally demons, the feckless moams. And you see those snakes? This is Talk Tell to Me. Ah, your holiness, thank you so much for calling me to your uh, your holy chamber, uh, your popeness. What can Cardinal Ludovico do for you? First of all, Cardinal, kiss the ring. I kiss the ring. You, I do have to say, you are the best ring kisser we've got. I like to kiss the ring. I used to practice when I was a child. Now, we call that uh, the, the compliment sandwich. We start with something good. Now we move to something bad, Cardinal. Oh, okay. I am ready to listen your popeness. I'm afraid uh, there's a... Uh, it's come up to my attention that uh, you've been doing something very naughty. <gasps> oh, porca miseria. But uh, you, you don't mean... You couldn't possibly be uh, telling me that it is so bad to get the soccer scores from the Swiss guard. You know my team is in the running to be in the championship. I got to know, eh? God sees even the fall of a goalkeeper. It's true, it's true. It's it's, it's, it's not so bad. Uh, I think there are other things that I've heard about that uh, honestly are, are offenses that I might have to get rid of you, uh, Cardinal Ludovico. Oh. Can you think oh, of no. uh, maybe something else? What is on your conscience? I remember, I am a representative of God. You need to be honest with me. You know, you know, your, your popness, you are totally right. Uh, your holiness, I think maybe it's a bit of a misunderstanding. You know how sometimes with the monies of the church, uh, sometimes one goes into this part, sometimes one goes into this part. So many parts, oh. who can say? Ludovico, you know I encourage that. That's not bad at all. So you're not talking about my Gucci piano that I bought? I didn't know it was Gucci. I'm very impressed, actually. 
Yes, of course, like your shoes. Oh. Where you think I got the idea. Oh, that's very flattering. Was it supposed to be for the poor? Maybe, but don't the poor want me to be able to signify the relationship with God through music? They love the sound of the piano. Everybody they love knows it. that. Everybody wants it. But it is not that. It's not that, Ludovico. Think, um, oh, think something goodness. a little more uh, uh, to do with your body. Oh, oh no. I, I never thought I could stoop so low as to sin in like this regard, but... Uh, Obviously, it has come to your attention that um, my sin of not have sex, what do we call that again? It's a, I believe it's called a celibacy. Sadama celibacy. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, I admit, I admit a one time every Tuesday I mess up. And I, it is the cleaning girl. And, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know how old it is that she is, but, uh, and maybe sometimes it's the cleaning girl, sometimes it is the cleaning boy, but, uh, you know, it is sin come to all of us as a test from God. Maybe it is, maybe it is the devil, and I am very strong against the devil, you know. I ask for your forgiveness. I kiss the ring one more oh, time. Okay, okay. I, I know you're very strong against the devil. Yes, yes, get in there. Get in the works. Yes, that's right. It's a little bit of peanut butter in the ring. <laughs> Put peanut butter and a little pill in there. That's how you take your medicine. Now, as long as the cleaning girl or the cleaning boy has confession before and confession after, it is okay. It is wiped clean. It is, it's a slate. I can guarantee you I use the rosary beads definitely during that time. I, I have utter faith in you. Yes. Don't worry, they go in the dishwasher right afterwards. No, no, I'm afraid that is a venal sin. I am talking more of a cardinal sin. But I am a cardinal. That's why, because you're sinning. <laughs> but your holiness, your exquisite piousness, what possible sin could I... Cardinal Ludovico have committed here in the most holy place on earth, a Vatican City. Oh, my child, it has come to my attention. I have heard it radiating from your quarters, echoing down the hallways. Oh, I'm afraid that you, my son, are listening to a podcast. Oh, yes, ah. you did not think to admit that to me. It must have been a mistake. I don't even know how to do a Spotify. Let alone put five stars onto it. Five stars or not, I still hear talk told to me coming from <gasps> your, your quarters. Oh, mia culpa, mia culpa. I toss off my robes. Nothing but hair shirt underpants. That's, uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs>